Yes, good morning and welcome to Spotless here on scene. You're listening to Monty Cooper and Giacomo um, for another edition of Sport Sportolics. I can never say it right. Sport, I don't even know. It's a sports debate here on the Wednesday show. Good morning, boys. How are we? Good. How are you? Good. Good. Um, well, I'm awake now, but before I wasn't, but it's good to be here. Now, we're going to kick it off as always. No James, so less ranting um, for once, but get well soon, mate. Um, he's got a cold from the cricket. I don't know how that's possible, but anyway. We're going to talk all things. What are we kicking off with? Uh, you know Emery's departure. So we spoke about it last week. It was probably imminent that he was going to go. On Friday, Arsenal lost to Frankfurt in the, the Europa League clash, and that was the last draw. So Freddie Jumberg comes in now as interim manager. Got a 2-2 draw against Norwich, so it wasn't the best result to start his campaign. But things not looking good for Arsenal. No, not at all. It's actually disappointing that James is not here because I feel like he would have just ranted about this for 30 minutes and just not let us it talk at all. It would have been the entire show, I'm not Well, he lie. was predicting it last week, though. Like, he was just like, it's it's definitely going to happen. We're going to get rid of him. Like, And that Frankfurt loss was terrible. So, But, I mean, even Freddie, like, his first... I mean, 2-2 against Burnley is not a great start either. So, I don't think he'll be... Like, you see, sometimes there's the interim managers that do really well and stay in, like keep the job, but it doesn't look like he'll he'll be doing that. Do you think it's too co- too soon to call if he'll stay? I mean, I know it's only been a few matches, mm. but surely you got to give him somewhat of a leeway to, to stick around. Like, give him, what, a good half of the season and then say bye? Like, you know what I mean? That way they've got time to gel with the players? Or is that just my view on it? Yeah, I think, I mean... Most of the clubs will probably do that. Like, he'll definitely be there for the rest of the season. Like, that's... Well, I mean, I can't say that for certain, but you would have thought that it would be. But they do that a lot with recently. Because, I mean, he's a former player. Lampard, former player at Chelsea. So, I don't know if, like, they're trying to do that. I mean, G's a United fan, and Ole used to play for him as well. So, it's weird how they're doing that, like. It's, I don't know. Well, you, were, you can say this week for this match day, Arsenal kind of have a, an easier game that they better perform. They're taking on Brighton, and I know they sort of didn't have the best performance last week, but surely this one's easily like a, a winnable game for him. And it's definitely if he doesn't make his mark as a manager to onto his players, yeah, then maybe okay, you can start asking if he was really the play, the the person to take over. No. Yeah, yeah, but they need to win this week because. Even though he's a former player, you've got the most restless fan group in Arsenal and they're not going to show <laughs> yeah. any sympathy for you just because you're a club legend. Look yeah. what they did to Arsene Wenger with all their trophies he won and that towards the end they were one in his head. They're not going to wait around. They're not going to be patient anymore. They're fed up. So he needs to get a result this week. Well, you talk about patience with the fans and then with the club as well. Like They're just such an impatient club. Like Emery was there, so 18 months in the job. Um, you can tell he struggled to sort of... I mean, Wenger was there for... Jeez, how long? So he sort of struggled to fill the boots of him. Um, he had 51 Premier League games, 25 wins, 13 losses, 13 draws. So, I mean, for a top six club, that's obviously not good enough. But you would have thought they'd probably give him a little bit more time than 18 months. But, the, again, it's Arsenal. So it's it's an interesting one. Well, Arsenal at the moment are sitting in ninth with the four wins, seven draws and three losses and 19 points. So... If they do get that win, they sort of could move up to sort of fifth. Yeah, that's the can, thing. That, like, they can qualify for the four the to like ten is so close. So like, even if you say like it United is. are tenth, but they're like what a game off, a game off like fifth. Pretty so, much. I mean, and that's what 
I'll throw it to G with this one, that's segueing to United because he's a United fan. But they're sitting lower than Arsenal and Ole's still <laughs> in the job and is, they look like they're pretty keen on keeping him. United like, have got the four wins, six draws and the four losses and are on 18 points. So they're a point behind Arsenal. And it's worse than what Mourinho had this time last year when he got the sack. Mm. So I reckon Ole needs to go. But I think he's got the backing of Ed Woodward and I reckon he needs to go as well, Ed yeah. Woodward. Yeah, he's a shocker. Well, there are there is um, a game which just finished literally right now. Um, so match day fifteen started this morning. Crystal Palace got the job done over Bournemouth one 0 and there was a red card uh, given to Crystal Palace. And the game that just finished right now, Man City absolutely demolished Burnley four one. Burnley scored their goal at the 89th minute, but <laughs> let's be real, the game was done by then. Consolation prize. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Um, so, yeah, well done, Man City. 17 shots, eight of them on target. I'll give Burnley something. They had two shots on target, so there's one little positive. They got something. Yeah, <laughs> it'll be interesting tomorrow as well because the <laughs> midweek games. I mean, Man United, Tottenham, well, we'll Jose get, returning. We'll get to that. Interesting. I was gonna, we'll give our tips for each game. Ooh. So tomorrow morning uh, at 6 is about five games on. Yeah. Um, Chelsea take on Aston Villa. How do we see this one going oh, now? Ch- Chelsea should win that. Easy? Oh, I feel It'd like be convincing. They're in good form. Yeah, we are. I think you know, Chelsea's a supporter, but I think we'll be fine. Um, we, no we've been okay this year in terms of with the bad teams. Like a lot of, if you see, the Premier League's so good in terms of the, even the bottom teams can have good weeks. Like um, when you're talking about Brighton, like Brighton's like a bogey team for a lot of mm, teams, like top much. teams. Like it's hard to go to Brighton and win. Mm. Um so, you know, you never... It's you the never Premier League. You never yeah, know. Exactly. You never know. No, I completely agree. I think Chelsea definitely will get the job done, but I feel like it would be a, a close game. I feel like it's only going to be like a 2-1 kind of game. Yeah. Um, Leicester take on Watford as well. I feel like this is going to be a whitewash. Yeah. Yeah, Leicester's just Leicester, going to mop the floor with them. I know much. new manager, new hope for Watford, but it's not going to no happen. Hope. Leicester's it's just not no going to happen not for them. Yeah, Leicester in very good form. So. The other two games on tomorrow, which could go either way, I guess, is Southampton taking on Norwich and then the Wolves taking on West Ham. How do we see those going out? I feel like they're just going to be a draw, both of them. 2-2 two, two or I reckon Nor- Norwich or... get up and um, Wolves Ooh. get up. Okay. Nah. Yeah, I, I don't... I think Southampton and Norwich should be a draw. I think West Ham are so inconsistent. It's just... But I feel like the Wolves are also as inconsistent Well, that's as true, are, so yeah. I feel like that game's true. just going to could go that, yeah. nowhere. Some <laughs> of the, the Premier League is so hard to pick. <laughs> it's just not even funny. Unless you're a top team. Well, yeah. But th- well, that's what I mean. Like, even then, I mean... Imagine picking City drew last week to who they drew. Uh, they drew to someone. They drew was to Newcastle. Newcastle. I mean, Newcastle. two to yeah. Newcastle. Yeah, like, how do you pick that? And then obviously Arsenal drawing as well. Uh, it's just so hard to pick. It's such an United draw as well. Like. Oh, the other game, obviously, as you said, tomorrow morning, United taking on Tottenham. So it's going to be a big game. Game of the round. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, one hundred percent every other game. So I, can, like, eh. I can just imagine. Just imagine Tottenham scoring see? a winner or something. Like, I don't know. I'm not predicting that, but I'm just saying, imagine Tottenham scoring a winner. Jose just just giving it It'd to him. It'd be going crazy. Oh, he would just love it. That'd be... And, I mean, you've got the Merseyside derby as well. So, I mean, Liverpool, Everton. You'd probably see Liverpool winning that. Yeah. Everton's form hasn't been we great, but like it's still a derby. So, but you never know. Merseyside's still red. <laughs> It'll always be red. Yeah. <laughs> and then on Friday morning, we've got two games to finish out. Match day 15, Sheffield take on Newcastle, and then Arsenal, as we were saying before, take on Brighton. So we should, we assume Arsenal should get the job you, done. We'd, you'd hope so. You'd so hope I'm going so. outside. I'm going Brighton. I mean, it's, I, I watched Brighton play last week against Liverpool, and I thought, you know what, they were pretty much in it. There was a couple of times when it could have gone either way, and I feel like if they brought the same... 
the way they played last week, I feel like they can definitely. I feel like beat Arsenal, Arsenal just, but they just need to wake up Arsenal. They need that that fire in the belly to to say, hey, no, we're still in this kind of thing. But this is a game that they must win to stick within that top five. Yeah. But if they lose it, I feel like. Mm. Yeah. That's when you start asking questions. And I'm sure James will start asking those yes, questions too. If we'll he hasn't already emailed them. Can't wait for next week if that happens. And even the Sheffield game is interesting because Newcastle draw last week to City, so it's a good result for them. But Sheffield are eighth. <laughs> like they're a newly promoted team and they're eighth. Like it's like Wolves last year. And their squad's mostly consisting of second tier players yeah. from last season. Yeah. So it's not like they've got in Premier League. Yeah, they ha- yeah, they haven't like you see a lot of clubs when they come in from from the championship, they just sign a heap of players try and like get that Premier League talent, but they didn't make any like huge huge signings. Yeah, like they've picked up McBurney from Swansea, Robinson from Preston, so there wasn't like really any Yeah, there was Phil Jackie Alka from Everton probably like, was the biggest one. Yeah. So But I feel like it I think like they're just sort of the perfect team to throw into the mix at the Premier League level because they're players that want to make something of themselves. Yeah. But they're also like, they know that they're not that sort of A grade, but they know that they can get there. So I feel like it's like the perfect team to sort of go up against. You know what I mean? Because it's like, it could go either way. Yeah. And especially since like there's those two types of teams that come into the Premier League, they either keep their squad because they're really comfortable with it. They'd like the chemistry and they want to continue that into the Premier League. Or there's teams, like I was saying, that just just sign that many players to sort of try and get their their talent to a Premier League level. Mm. But you see sometimes that, like Fulham last year signed that many, like Sherla, who's a proven Premier League player, but then it just didn't work out for they them. just they. flopped, really. Yeah. At the moment, the three teams that are looking to be relegated is Southampton, Norwich and obviously Watford. They've only got the one win. But do you see anybody maybe creeping down? Do you think Aston Villa or Brighton, Everton could stay? What do you think? I think Watford are pretty set. I to mean, be yeah, besides that, when you think, that one. Um, I think do we see Norwich or Southampton sort of getting a few wins to, to get out of that relegation? Do you think? I think Norwich are probably the most likely out of the teams in the relegation yeah, Southampton really zone to get out. Good. And the most likely to come in is probably Brighton because I think Everton have got the quality, they've got the depth to keep yeah. up. Aston Villa seems like they'll click together, Newcastle seems like they've got it together. That was Candy Shop by 50 Cent. And Olivia, you are listening to The Sports here on Sin with Cooper, Giacomo and Moni. Now we're going to continue that soccer talk, football talk, whatever you want to call it. Um, obviously, it was the biggest awards night in the soccer world last night. For anyone mm-hmm. that doesn't know, it's the Ballon d'Or. Is that how you pronounce yeah. it? Yeah. Got it, got it right? Oh, I'm always I can never it. spell it correctly, though. It's oh, like yeah. weird, the... Yeah, when I typed it in before, <laughs> I typed in balloon. I was like, that's definitely wrong. <laughs> but um, for anyone that doesn't know, um, Messi has won his sixth, I think it was. Yep, yeah, sixth, so that's the He's new record. He's edged out uh, Cristiano Ronaldo, who's got five. So mm-hmm. surely that puts him in the box seat to be the GOAT. Oh, does it think? not? Absolutely, it yeah. does. I'm the One biggest big mess- smile over here. Biggest Messi homer I am. <laughs> and yes, I agree. I think, well, I mean, if they win, uh, if Juve win the Champions League, then Ronaldo could like, it's very plausible that Ronaldo wins it this year. I mean, it's he's just ridiculously good as well. But for the moment, he's he's ahead of the pack, I think. But, yeah, I mean, he had a ridiculously good season. Um, 
36 goals in the league, 15 assists in the Champions League. Always shows up. So 12 goals in 10 10 appearances. So I mean, he had he won the Golden Shoe as well for Europe. So I think it was pretty obvious that he was going to win it. Well, Van Dyke was obviously really close. He came uh, be- in second. So I'm second. looking at the points now. Um, Messi finished up with 686 points. Now I'm, I don't know if these are the finalised points, but. Um, according to what I've Googled, it says Van Dyke's got 679 points. And then it's a big jump to Ronaldo with 476. And controversially, I don't even thought, think that he should have been in the top three. That's just my opinion. <laughs> I think Mane was so important for well, Liverpool. Well, Mane came in in fourth with 347. And then rounding out the five was uh, Mo Sal with 178 points. That, so That's crazy too. Three Liverpool players in what, the top five? Top yeah, top five. Top five. It makes like, me very happy. Yeah, but yeah. In fairness, Alisson, who is our goalkeeper at Liverpool, came in seventh. With 67 points. And then the next Liverpool player came in at 17th with Firmino with 11. Mm-hmm. Then Liverpool finished 19th, Trent Alex-Arnold. Come on. Like, I feel like we just had an amazing squad. And then rounding out the last player in 26 was Giorgio Windham with one point. But one one well oh, so that's interesting. Wrong? There you go, yeah. That's interesting. So we had a lot of players, thank Absolutely. But squad. Yeah, it was always good to see that. But... Top three, do we are we happy with that, or did we think Van Dyke should have beat Messi, or was Ronaldo really not supposed to be there? Ronaldo shouldn't have been there. I think Van Dyke should have won it. <coughs> I'm I'm a bit on the fence. I, I love Messi, and I think goals wise and stuff, you know, it speaks for itself. I think it's a bit different to what they've usually done. So usually, as I say, they go, they pick the Champions League winner, the best player. Like, that's what's happened the last couple of years, especially because, like, Ronaldo's won the Champions League. So mm-hmm. just... And then Messi, when he won it, was winning it. Um, but, like, recently, like, even... So Modric, Modric, they come in... They lost the World Cup, so he took Croatia to the World Cup, and they won the Champions League that year. And he won the, the golden ball for the, yeah. the World Cup. So that was pretty obvious that he was going to be um, winning it that year. But... I'm pretty happy with it, although it was very, very close, and I think that's pretty fair. I feel like in my mind, you, you can, you're comparing two players that play two different yeah. roles. One's a defender, one's a forward. So obviously they play on each other quite often. So when you get to pick who's the better player, like, like are you going for goals that were saved? Are you going for goals that were made? Like I feel like it's a bit hard. Like in, for me, it'd be a bit hard to to compare the two because yeah. they play such yep. different football. But if you're going by the way they impacted on games, then obviously you'd sort of say, you know, Messi because obviously he scores all the goals. And But then you're, the other point is that, well, you know, Van Dijk is... You take Van Dijk out of that defence, how good are they? Yeah, you know what I mean? So it's like a bit hard. But I, I think Messi was definitely the best form. And Van Dijk was in the best form of his career. So I'm actually surprised that he made it at number two. In fairness, I didn't think he'd be, get up that high. But Yeah, I mean, it's... Yeah. it's New in terms of that they've only had one ever defender win at Cannavaro in like 2005 or something like that. So it's it's rare to have a defender that high up, which sort of shows how how good he's been. But I think proving like with the fact that you've got like five Liverpool players in the top 20, that sort of shows just how good the team is. Um, so if you take Van Dijk out, then maybe they're still. I, I don't think they win the Champions League without Van Dijk, but they're still probably pretty good. So I think it's an interesting sort of debate and I think 
it, it really depends on what happens this year as well in terms of... Like, I don't think there's any front runner at the moment for, for next year's one. Um, I feel like it's always the same players that, yeah. that are come to mind to be yeah. up there. Uh, yeah, I think Messi's you know had a good start to the season. There was um, a lot of talk after his speech about the retirement. Like, he sort of knows that the end is near. It's probably not as close as we all think, but... He did say he loves playing football and he wants to do it as long as possible, but he's also aware of, you know, that next stage of life. Do you reckon he'd make the the utmost amazing manager? Or do you think... I don't, I don't see him as a manager. Yeah. You don't? Yeah. He, don't. We're just leaving him as the goat of playing. Yeah. I think he just goes quietly into the night. Just yeah. Just back to Argentina. Yeah, that, that's, <laughs> I mean, he's, he's such a quiet sort of personality as well. Like, you don't... I mean... Just it, it's hard to compare him to Ronaldo in terms of Ronaldo's that sort of poster boy and advertisements and everything like that. So, so Messi's thirty-two. Yeah. How many years do we expect him to continue playing? Do you reckon, boys? He'll probably play two more seasons in La Liga and go play for David Beckham's Inter Milan in the MLS in his last season. That's interesting. I actually have a completely opposite. All right. I think he plays. I I I I agree. I think he plays probably a couple more years at Barcelona, uh, like three or four, maybe. I don't know. And then I think he goes back to Argentina. I think he maybe plays for his his home club or he just retires and goes back to Argentina. He's been such a loyal player to Barcelona, though. Mm. Like, could you really move to another club? Yeah. I don't know. I, like, yeah. You know. Ronaldo, on the other hand, is 34. How many more years do we see him playing? Well, you see, you're starting to set the decline of him now. Mm. You'd... I sort of said before he moved to Juventus that he was done and dusted, but... You know, would you not want to end your career on a high? That was my point of view. I think he's just that much of a freak athlete that I actually think he'll go longer than Messi. I think he's, he's like he's just body and he's always fit. And I mean, he's had a few injuries the last couple of years, but um, and the thing about like when you're saying the decline, they're going back to just like a really good player. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? Like they've been so good that if they're only scoring say twenty five goals a season, then that's a decline. But like that's just still ridiculously good. It's just that they're they've been so good for so long that that looks like a decline. Mm. But I I think he I do think he'll stay for a bit longer than what Messi will. But I do see him going to America and playing in the MLS. Like that's he'll get that much money for it. There's a massive market in the US. Um, My next question to you boys is: there anyone that was outside that top five that should have been a lot higher up? You reckon? Anyone? Kylian Mbappe from PSG? Yeah, where he was came he? In six. Oh, he came in sixth. He came in sixth. There you go, one on, spot. Yeah, on 89 points. He's a freak. Yeah, I honestly thought he would have been a bit higher. I honestly thought him and Ronaldo would be swapped around if, mm. if it was me. I think Lewandowski as well. I mean, he scored... There's a good shout. Yeah. He scored that many goals. I mean, I don't really know what... Uh, obviously, Bayern didn't do too, too well. I mean, they win the league every year, but lately... The Champions League form has sort of dropped off for him, so um, that's probably what's hindered him. Mm. But I mean, he just scores goals for fun. Mm. Like he scored what four goals last week in Champions League? We were talking about so. I don't know. I'm yeah, I'm like fairly sure it was four in like something ten minutes that. or something. So yeah. it's ridiculous. A freak, really. He's already kicked sixteen goals in thirteen games in the Bundesliga. So just yeah, absolutely he, off the yeah, charts. He his form is just ridiculous. Maybe next in the Bundesliga. year's Ballon d'Or then if he keeps going like that. 
Well, I think he needs to move somewhere else. Like he's, the, they've always got a rumor with him <laughs> going to Madrid, and I think that's a really good spot. Although Madrid have really gone off that sort of track, they're going like youngsters, like um, all of the young kids they've got there. That's sort of like they're rebuilding, and then they've got Hazard. But it'd be interesting. I mean, they've had Benzema for like, like it feels like twenty years now. But I think, I think that would be a good spot for him. But whether he goes or not, I mean, he's been in the Bundesliga his whole career, so. He'd probably be pretty comfortable there, but if if he wanted to move on, I, I think that would be good. But yep, I'm getting for his career, now. I'm getting okay. up a song now too. So we're moving on to everything. After this, we're gonna talk what AFL, bit basketball, of AFL, bit of everything. Draft. I think. Yep, yep, talk some draft because it happened last week, and we're gonna see if we're all happy with what our teams put out. I know I'm happy. Well, for the most part, anyway. All right, we're gonna go with a classic sports test favorite. This is Mr. Brightside. You are listening to Sports Test here on Sin. That was Mr. Brightside by The Killers. You are listening to the sports test here on scene with Cooper, Giacomo and Monica. I just said Monica. I never say Monica on air. On Moni. There we are. Now we're going to talk AFL draft that happened last week. Um, firstly, are we all happy with what our teams got? Yeah, I think... That wasn't think a confident so. year. <laughs> yeah, that was... Well, I mean, mine's not a confident year either, but... For yeah. the most part, somewhat happy. It's, it's hard to tell, especially when... Like, I mean, Hawthorne... For you guys, the first pick pick 13. So it's really tough to sort of get a gauge on whether it's going to be good or not. It's just from what you hear. Um, like, that's the same with me. We had pick, Geelong had pick 16 and 19. But was it a player that you felt that you're, that's going to benefit your club? <sighs> yeah, I think with pick 16, I so Cooper Stevens, from what I've heard had a knee injury, I think, throughout the year, so he didn't really play that much in the Tac Cup. So I don't know a lot about him. I've heard things saying he's okay. And then Sam DeConning is um, is like just like a key sort of defender. So I don't... I mean, I don't hate that because Harry Taylor's, you know, on the decline. Um, so I think that's a pretty good idea, especially when we like to chuck Blixarves everywhere. Um, I don't think that's a bad thing to sort of develop a young back like that but I mean I was talking to you guys about the fact that I saw an, a post with all of the Geelong draftees and they all look that skinny it's not even <laughs> funny they look skinnier than me so they need, they need to bulk up so I mean it's it's hard to judge um especially when it's like later picks mm. but I have confidence in the in the guys for Geelong they've done well for the last sort of what 15 years on mm. draft picks so it'll be interesting to see well from a Hawthorne perspective it was actually nice to actually use our first round draft pick and to keep it yeah like that was a i'm i'm happy with it um well obviously we picked up will day and he's a small to medium-sized defender i think you can sort of classify him in he's not that tall Don't we have enough of him on that list we've got too many defenders we also picked up michael hartley from snm during the rookie draft who's another yeah defender he did as well. well with a lot of the rookie stuff i reckon yeah but they're all defenders we have picked up more defenders than anything like i didn't think our back line was that aging that that much mm-hmm. But, yeah, I completely agree with you. A lot of this draft, they all look really skinny. They all need to bulk up. I don't think there's any players that look ready-made to go. 
do you know what I mean? Like, there's been some players in some, like, drafts that you look at them like, hey, they're, yeah, like, body-wise, yeah, they're built, they're ready yeah, to go. Yeah, I agree. With this draft, I feel like they're all still babies that need to bulk up and, you know, get yeah. cracking kind of thing. Yeah, but absolutely. obviously, there's, there's been talk from Collingwood that the draftee they picked up, Randall, I think his name yeah. is, he's already blitzed the 2K time trial yeah, and come in first. Paper. He beat Tom Phillips, who was the 2K king there at Collingwood. That's definitely a great first impression you're making on the club. But you can't peak too early. It is preseason. Yeah. I think, yes, you want to make a first impression. I'm all for it. But now you've got to stick to it. You've got to keep it up. You can't drop your form. You can't, you know, just say, oh, that was like a one-off thing. Like, that That would really annoy Collingwood fans and selectors. No? Or was it just me? Yeah, well, I think it. a lot of people just try and hype up the preseason stuff. So, I mean, like... That's good, you know. It's good for a young kid to be able to come into an AFL club like that and dominate the time trial like that. But you know, there's there's a, a lot of other aspects that he needs to do throughout the preseason to be able to get a game. I mean, he was in the late uh, early forties, I think. Picky was. So, I think he was. Yeah. So I think, I mean, it's good to see that, and that'll be impressive to a lot of the guys around the club. But that doesn't mean that you know anything substantial is going to come of it and that he's going to play in a very, very good Collingwood side. So it, it's a good start for him, but I think everyone needs to settle It definitely is a, a hard side to, to crack into. I feel like there's a lot of teams now that have gelled so well that the next generation really just going to rely on injuries in order to get their spot, I feel like. like yeah. Richmond's definitely like... I think that, that, that's the same thing with like fringe players, though, because like that happened with Geelong. I, I mean, I go back to Geelong every time because it's the best, sort of, I know that the best, but, like, you wouldn't have thought Brian Myers pl- plays at the, st- like, start of last year. You like He played VFL the whole year, the year before mm. that. Um, Charlie Constable, same thing. You wouldn't have thought Tom Atkins hadn't played a v- um, an AFL game before the start of last season, and he come in and played, and played most of the year. So it's, there's always a few surprises in selections and stuff like that. Um so it's hard to judge at the moment. Like, I mean, Matt Rowell, Noah Anderson, they're going to play. I mean, it's just obvious. Lockie Ash, oh, most likely going to play. Coach, most of yeah. the Freo ones are going to play. Because um, they're teams that need the help. Yeah, yeah. Like <laughs> that the, sounds really bad. But. Oh, especially Gold Coast. Mm. Like, I don't know why they're still in the AFL. Just relocate them to Tassie, get rid of them. Like, That's a big call. Gold Coast down to Tassie. That's a fair distance. No one cares. (laughs) Who cares about Gold Coast? I'm all for starting up at their own Tassie team. I'm all for it. I like it. I I like that. I think think Gold Coast needs to go full stop, but I think Tassie needs their own team. I don't think they should. I think if they don't, if they really don't show improvement this year after getting that priority pick, I mean, the the AFL's got to make some decisions about it because they've got all the help they can get. Like Matt Rao, Noah Anderson, they've got Rankin, Lukosius last year, Ben King. I mean, uh, the, to a certain point, they need to be able to, though, get free agents, get older guys that can... Because, I mean, a team of just youngsters like that, they have all the talent you want, but they're still going to get beat up physically and that. So that you, you need the older players as well, and that's been their main problem is being able to get free agents and stuff like that. Because, I mean, GWS on the flip side, have done that. Um, they got Scully quite early, um, Callum Ward, obviously, Phil Davis, and they've turned out to be really good for them. So it's 
there's two different like ways of doing it that Gold Coast have done it poorly, GWS have done it ridiculously well. Like they've been in what how many prelims now and they've made a grand final and they were they come in after Gold Coast. Like that's that's quite an interesting one. I will say though, I, again, I didn't know a lot about this draft. I didn't you know didn't do much research on it, but I do know Brisbane twenty two Devin Robinson, um, kid from WA midfielder. I'm hearing it's a very, very good steal. Um, yeah, I'm hearing big fit, raps about this kid. Fit them well. Um, he got like a text from, I think he got a text from Nat Fife. Um, that's oh, what I heard. Wouldn't that be good? When he when he got drafted, because, I mean, he's a WA boy, and obviously Nat Fife is as well. But, they got to stick together. Um, it's interesting, although I don't know if that's exactly what they need, because they've got a lot of young mm. midfielders like... Um, Barry and obviously Neil and, and Zorko and that but it'll be interesting uh, I, I've just heard that he's quite a good young player but you, you sort of see all those steals once sort of we start next year but mm. you can sort of tell who's going to be good and who's who's going to drop off a little bit but it's hard to judge for the moment Yeah, I said last week the team that I wanted to watch to see how they use their picks was Melbourne and in in some ways, they sort of surprised me with who they picked, but I also feel like it's definitely they've picked players that could potentially be long term players if you know they're injury free and they you know bulk up and they have good pre seasons. Obviously, with pick three, they picked up the Ruckman, a part of the draft, yep. which at first I was a bit surprised, but the more I sort of thought about it, the more I looked at how this this kid plays, he's definitely sort of the next generation Ruckman. And I know Max Gorn has played solo Ruckman for Melbourne and he has blitzed it, you know. Ruckman of the year, you know, a few few years in all a row, Australian, when, you know, all Australian. So I understand, you know, why. I feel like they got a Ruckman at the good time because obviously Max Gorn is still at his peak. Over the next couple of years, he's sort of, he'll sort of fade. He can't, he can't be the best Ruckman for, you know, yep. forever. He, this kid will bulk up. He'll learn from the best. Yeah. And then definitely. obviously when it's time, you know, it'll be an easy transition for that midfield group to sort of, okay, this is the next generation Ruckman. And I know he's sort of come out and said that he wants to play round one. Well, good luck to him. I don't think he's going to. But I feel like... Optimism from a rookie. I yeah, like you know, good on him. you got to have a little bit of faith. I'm more for it. But I think it was sort of the perfect timing for Melbourne to get a Ruckman, build him up, train him the way, you know, Gorney plays, you know, learn from the best. That way, when it is time to say, hey, you know, have fun, Hang on retire, bit, you know, yep. he... It, 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 the next one's ready to go kind of thing rather yeah. than picking off, you know, Ruckman from somewhere else. You know what I mean? Like, I felt like they surprised me with this pick and it worked out well. I think he's going to be a good player if they can get him to, to play the standard that Gorn's at. So, you know what, Melbourne, I'll give you some some credit. Well done. I tend to agree, mainly, again, I hate it, but I keep going back to Geelong, is that if you see the way that we've struggled with having a Ruckman since really Brad Otten's left... It shows how important getting that Ruckman position right is and the fact that maybe you've gone a bit early on picking your next Ruckman, but you're getting him at the top top of the draft. I mean, he's picked three. Um, so, like, it possibly is you're going a little bit early and that Max Gorn's still got a fair bit of footy left, but it, it's, not, it's not a terrible decision to, you know, bite the bullet and go a little bit earlier than what really is expected because you're getting a top three Ruckman. Um, in in the draft, so he's a top three pick. So I don't hate it. I think it's a it's a good idea. And realistically, you could start him 
if he bulks up well and plays well enough, he could just chip in the ruck and play as a centre-half forward because Sam Wiedemann has done... Like, they were shocking last year without Jesse Hogan. Oh, I yeah, mean, it was such a big 100%. such a big gap um, because, obviously... Well, maybe this um, is the time where they go for the spare... Like, they do what other clubs are doing, yep. having the spare ruckman as the forward, plus Gorn can be a bit of both. That also helps his transition into the next phase, kind of, yeah, maybe. Yeah, because, I mean, he, waiting, I think he needs to play more, like, centre-half forward because you saw him... you saw kick. You I mean, saw... You saw well, goal-kicking is a bit... For the, no, yeah, goal-kicking is, like, 50-50. And but, like, where, when he's around the ga- ground... Ground? Around the ground, he's somewhat of a good kick. Like, you could yeah, sit and yeah, say, yeah, think, he was yeah. going to hit up a target, no problem. Maybe in front of goal, he needs to shape up. But that every player needs to shape up. And I think that's what some of the best rucks do around the league, though, mm. is you they need to be able to go forward. Like, Goldstein can kick goals. Well, Stanley, I'm not Hawthorne, saying he's the best ruckman in the league, Hawthorne's but can go forward. Hawthorne's plan is to put McAvoy in defence Ma- now. Oh, jeez. Yeah, well, Simon Goodwin with this so, Luke Jackson that's kid. That's interesting, yeah. With this Luke Jackson kid, Simon Goodwin's come out and said, we've got plans to make him the tallest midfielder in the AFL. <laughs> he's two metres. Just imagine him on ball. Well, I mean, I'm not sure about Obviously, that. he's worked for Collingwood with Brody Grundy, yeah, but he's like that. a midfield type. So, yeah, like I can see the I idea behind it. I think it all depends it. on how he develops. Like, it'd be yeah. interesting. Yeah. But I think like, if you've already played ruck all your life, would, would you really want to move into a, pl- a role that's more physical? I don't know. Yeah, more Brownlow votes you play in the midfield. I don't think he's going to win a Brownlow. <laughs> maybe, maybe. Optimism, but I don't know. Well, he thinks he's going to play round one, so he's obviously uh, optimistic. Yeah, yeah I mean, he's optimistic. If you're a rookie, though, like, you, you're going to be saying that. Like, you want to be you wanna, Especially if you're a top three pick. I mean, yeah. there's not many top three picks <laughs> that don't play in the first year. So they, they'd give him a go depending on, you know, injuries and stuff like that. But if he bulks up enough, I, I can see him playing as a centre-half forward for him because Tom McDonald last year was just... Just alone, like they had no. They def- needed support. They, they had that many forward entries last year, and where and they, there was a lot of talk about it, where the goals were coming from, because, um, like you got Petrarca and that, but because they lo- lost Jesse Hogan, um, you know, it it was a big talking point for them. So, yeah. Well, that wraps up our Alf- AFL talk. We're gonna get to a quick break. This is Rain by Dragon. You are listening to the Sports Desk here on Sin. That was Rain by Dragon. You are listening to the Sports Desk here on scene with Cooper, Giacomo and Moni. We are now going to talk um, some NFL football. Um, that's the American gridiron rugby, whatever you'd like to call it, for anyone that has no idea. Three types of football we've been through today. I know. We, we like saying football, clearly. Now, uh, it's been a, a massive week um, in the NFL. The big news coming out this morning, did you say? Yes, uh, this morning. We'll, we'll get to that in just a minute. We'll start with the results uh, for week 13 of 17. Giacomo just realised there's only 16 matches in, <laughs> in this in this football league. But we're up to week 13, almost finished um, the regular season. So the Lions went down to the Bears 24-20. to The Bills beat the Cowboys 26-15. to The Saints got the job done over the Falcons 26-18. to The Titans also beat the Colts 31-17. to The Ravens, they beat your 49ers 20-17. to Not happy. Not happy. Not happy. Uh, the Bengals beat the Jets 22-6. to The Steelers got the job done over Browns 20-13. to The Dolphins came away with the win over the Eagles 37-31 to in a really tight game on Monday. 
Um, the Redskins got the job done over the Panthers, 29-21. to A big, big news coming out of that game. Packers got the job done over the Giants, 31-13. to The Buccaneers beat the Jaguars, 28-11. to The Rams absolutely smashed the Cardinals, 34-7. to The Chiefs did the same job on the Raiders, 40-9. The Broncos got the job done, um, just beating the Chargers by three points, finishing up 23-20. to And the last two games... Texans beat the Patriots twenty-eight to twenty-two, giving Patriots their second loss for the um, for the season, I guess you can say. And the Sea Eagle, the Sea Eagles, the Seahawks got the job done over the Vikings, thirty-seven to thirty, bringing them ten and two to so the top of their league as well. So, some uh, big results. Yep. But the big news coming out of the NFL um, yesterday, today, um, depending on where you are in the world, is the Panthers have sacked their coach. Yes. So Ron Rivera. Um, so he was there for nine seasons, um, and most importantly was uh, a Super Bowl not winning. They lost in the Super Bowl to the Broncos, but they were in the Super Bowl four years ago, um, which I just find so interesting, the fact that that's such a big decline in four years to be a Super Bowl um, head coach, and then four years later, you're out the door. Um, he had a pretty good record too, like 76 and 63 and one draw, so above 500 Record in his tenure, um, three and four record in the playoffs, but obviously getting to the Super Bowl that one year. Um, he's the winningest coach in the team's history as well, which I find interesting. Um, so it's pretty big news. I mean, they haven't, they've declined a lot in the last few years, and especially with, um, so Cam Newton's their quarterback and he's on the injury list at the moment. I think he's got he something is. wrong with his foot, but there's a lot of talk with him as well that he's um, on the trade table. Um, no, he's so star that one's quarterback for the star quarterback, Panthers. yes, uh, MVP in that year that they made the Super Bowl as mm-hmm. well. So that's a pretty Three interesting of his one. Form he was in before he got injured. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's an interesting one. It's a pretty big sort of thing. So they'll be obviously on the lookout for a new coach, which there's a few. It, it, you know what? You know what? Coming out of this, I I say this regardless. Of, doesn't matter what sport it is, but I it really annoys me when they sack a coach halfway through a season. Because then the second half of the season, like, what's your excuse? You know, yes, it's a, an interim coach and they're trying new things and the coach, the players are going to get used to the coaches. All right, fine. But then come the year after, like, you got to, you know, it, it just, I feel it's too interrupted. And obviously with, you know, four games remaining, it's not going to make a big deal. But I still think it's silly how clubs, no matter what sport it is, sack their managers, their coaches halfway through a season. I feel like it's not giving the club justice it's not giving the players any justice i just think it's the fans it's just a smack in the face wait until the season you had four games four game wait until the end of the season yeah like you know you're not going to make the playoffs just wait you know get like start fresh clean slate on pre-season new coach you know let's you know rather than halfway through with all this controversy that annoys me so much obviously now they've said the second the interim coach is perry farewell um, while offensive coordinators Norv Turner will move into the special assistant, the head coach, whatever. So obviously they've got to restructure everything. Like it's just, it just bugs me so much. Anyway, my rant's over. Well, the thing is, they weren't even that bad a month ago. Like yep. halfway through the season, five and three, it actually had a positive record. It's just they've gone on a four-game they've losing streak and they've just gone really trigger happy here and off Rivera goes. 
I mean, if they do that for all sports, just imagine four-game losing streak to Gold Coast Suns, new coach every every month. Like, yeah, ten coaches in a year. Like, uh, yeah, I think it's oh. uh, it. It does seem like they're going to have a full rebuild. They've got Christian McCaffrey was a leading MVP candidate, probably well, really a month ago, um, and so they're most likely going to start to build around him as their future. So uh, I can I can understand. I do get your point in terms of uh, I. It doesn't make a difference whether you get rid of him now or get rid of him at the end of the season. So I don't see why you, you don't just, just wait, wait four weeks, four weeks, um, and then you like. can properly build. Um, but yeah, it's it's an interesting one. Because now the interim coach has four weeks to make a new game plan to somewhat win some games, but then you know, come pre season they're going to start it all over again. Or when they, no, because then there'll be a new coach. You know, so it's like. Yeah. The players just got used to this coach, but now they're going to bring in another one. Yeah, what just, just yeah, well, the thing is, what can you change in four weeks? We'll have a clue. Like, what's the point? Look, how can you radically change the squad lock in four weeks? Like, change game especially, plans and everything. Especially in the NFL. And I think it would do... Um, it would hurt, like, your fans, like, coming to the game. Like, oh, yeah. I, I feel like your crowd attendances would be down and stuff like that because you've just got... It's just th- a waste There's no of interest. Season. Yeah. Like, you... We Firstly, they're out, you're out of the playoffs. Yeah. Secondly, you know that they're like tanking it now because they've got, um, they don't have another there's coach. There's no effort. Yeah. There's no. And also the, um, the new coach that you were saying, the interim is, weirdly enough, he's the secondary coach, which is like for anyone that doesn't know, it's like the cornerbacks and like safeties and stuff like that. So it's quite a weird one to become your interim. Like North Turner has been an offensive coordinator for, like since Dallas in the nineties. So. You would have thought he's, he's the most experienced yeah. person to take it over, but well, I don't know. It's a bit weird how they've done it because then, yeah, Scott Turner will take over the role of offensive coordinator. Like, I just think so. it just doesn't make any sense to me. Like, it's just a shamble. Yeah. Like, they're just picking some random. Like, here, you cut me out, you coach, and then you're going. Like, yeah, I found that quite silly. weird. It's just silly. I didn't know about it until you told me, and yeah. I'm already fine up about yeah. it. Like, it's just, <laughs> don't change your coach halfway through the season. Anyway. Not happy about that. But, obviously, with four weeks to go, there's a lot of speculation of who's going to make the playoffs. Like, we know, obviously, set teams are going to make it, like the ones that are 10-2 and and stuff. So, Patriots are definitely going to make it 10-2. and You can say maybe the Bills, if they win a few Yeah, so the Bills, I would have thought the Bills will be a a wild card. So, like, NFL's a bit weird in terms of the way they do the playoffs. It is, because there's two different conferences. They do, yeah, two different conferences, and then they have divisions. So, all of your division winners no matter the record, are in the playoffs. Yeah, the and then player. the best two records that aren't um, division it. champs yep. um, are wildcard teams. Exactly. So, like, the Bills are 9-3, and three, but they're not winning their division, but they'll most likely be a well, playoff they're, team, they're definitely, like a wildcard team. Yeah, winning. they will, because if you look at the other ones in that sort of league, in the American football, the AFC. AFC, yeah. Yeah, they're obviously... They've, they got, they've won more games than what the Chiefs had, but the Chiefs will get in because they're top. Yeah, um, the Ravens so are going to get through. The Texans are going to get through. Then you'd see definitely the Bills get through with nine and three. Like they've got more than the Texans has, has uh, anyway. So you'll see them getting through. That's no questions asked. You move over to the next, the NFL, the NFC one, which is the other conference. Um, you know, the Cowboys have got six and six, and, and this, they're top of theirs. This like, annoys me so much. Like, how does that work? Because you, the Cowboys are top of their division. But the, yeah, and in the six NFC and six, East, and my Niners are ten and two, but they're second. Yeah, purely so, on percentage. So they don't get the week off. 
Like, oh, just so annoying. Yeah, a bit annoying. So then you go to the NFC That's West where the Seahawks have got 10 and 2, and then the 49ers have got 10 and 2, but purely on. It's because it, the Seahawks beat the 49ers yeah. a couple of weeks ago, so they've got like the tie. Like the, the tie little thing. And then the Packers are going to get through with 9 and 3. And then you got the Saints that are definitely going to get through with yeah, 10 they've and 2. It up, so they're, so. they're like a, a set. So it's interesting. Like, if you look at the next team to make it through in that conference, you'd probably say the Vikings, maybe. Yeah, uh, I would well, have thought the, the 49ers wild, as well. The wild card teams would be the Niners and the Vikings, most yeah, likely. Yeah, most likely. Unless someone pulls yeah, something out be. of a hat. I don't know. Don't think so. But it's interesting to see how that sort of comes to an end and who's going to play what. Yeah. Who do you reckon will take it out? <sighs> I know it's early, but it's, we it's like early. to have early predictions I, to see how well we go. I think it really, in the NFC, it really depends on the rest of the season in terms of who tops NFC West. So, because the Niners have to play the Seahawks again at this um, at Seattle, so yep. whoever wins that game will be top of that division. Yeah. So, I mean, and it helps. Like, if you're top of the division, you get the first week off because yep. there's a wild card games. So, I think it really depends on that. But I think it'll be either of those two teams against. I would have thought the Saints in the NFC Championship. I actually think the Saints will get the job done. And then in the AFC, it's hard to pick against the Patriots, even though they're four. Like, I mean, they're ten and two, <laughs> but they lost. They lost to the Texans on the weekend. But um, you're allowed to have a yeah. You're allowed. Uh, to, they oopsie. have a bad loss every year, and everyone jumps off them, but they just win all yeah. the time. And then I think the Ravens are the informed team, so I, I'm picking them to go all the way. Yeah, I completely agree with you there. I feel like it's a, a no-brainer. Yeah, I think yeah. them, Patriots, and the Saints will be one of those three for sure. You can never ca- count the Patriots out, though. No. Oh, no. As long as Tom Brady and Bilicek are at the wheel, uh, man, you're not going to get yeah, past them. Unbelievable. The, the year they all retire is the year you can say they're not going to win, I feel like. And even then, there'll be a sneaky chance winning too many games that you'll yeah. like, wonder what, what's happened. But, no, pretty crazy, pretty crazy. All right, we're going to get to one. Actually, no, you know what? I'm not going to play a song. No. I'm just going to say bye because okay. we've got three minutes, guys. Anyone else want to touch on any other things quickly before we go? Um, no, not Any really. other sport ones? No. Did anyone watch the Formula One last night? No. Not a big race car. Neither am I, but I just thought it, normally the boys do. <laughs> I, don't, I don't watch it. But I actually, normally I watch it. I haven't watched this latest race. I think Hamilton won, as always. Oh, oh standard. Right. See, I hate that, though. <laughs> Hamilton bought us. like that that are just so... Yeah, he won. <laughs> <laughs> it's new? not hard to uh, guess who's going to win it. Yeah, pretty much. He can't yet for the sixth win, sixth season. I don't even know what, what I'm talking about. I don't understand Formula One. Anyway, thank you, boys. You've done really well today. I'm very proud of you. Next week, I won't be talking. It'll be just you two. So, very proud. Um, you can listen to Sports Desk if you've missed any of our shows on our podcast, which will be up online straight after the show. But you can head to Omni, look up the Sports Desk, or you can go to whatever you get your podcast from on iTunes or online. I don't know. Just look up the Sports Desk. You can follow us on all our social medias at the Sports Desk on Facebook, um, Instagram, Twitter. I'm sure I missed something else. Or if you want to send us an email on how well we're doing or if you've got any comments, email us at the Sports Desk. <laughs> Sports Desk at soon.org.com.au, whatever. Um, we like that. We like some feedback. But otherwise, thank you, boys. Have a good week. We'll do. See you guys next week. And uh, Jimmy Boy, if you're listening, we miss you and get well. On that note, enjoy. <laughs>